We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com. Joined, as always, by Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. Bill, we've got, uh, we're here uh, on Thursday morning. We're getting ready for a tasty, tasty Week 5 slate. We've got two championship game rematches, one in the Big Ten, one in the Big 12. Are you ready for this weekend? Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, this is the first – they always use those catchy hashtags, separation Saturday. I don't know what they'll call it this weekend. But do we have five games with ranked teams? Five? And yes. um, a bunch of good ones. I mean, I'm looking forward to everything from Alabama, Arkansas. You mentioned Iowa, Michigan. They're not a ranked game, but still a good one. Baylor, Oklahoma State. And, of course, the question is how does Hurricane Ian factor in? You know, obviously it's uh that could even if it doesn't lead to a cancellation of a game, you know, we, we were talking this week about you remember the uh NC State Notre Dame game from sixteen where they were playing in an actual hurricane, I think, which <laughs> one they shouldn't have been playing, two, they were throwing a lot of passes, and three, um who won the game, Bill? You told me who won the game. I can't even remember. NC State scored the only touchdown of the game by blocking a Notre Dame punt and <laughs> turning it in. In a flood. They look, I mean, and then, you know, you remember Notre Dame Clemson did the same in 15 and some remnants of, uh, I think that one was Hur- Hurricane Joaquin, and they played in the rain. And so that this is that time of year, October fitting. October is the best month of the year. It's my favorite month of the year by far, and um, looking forward to it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, you'll start it off with week five on Saturday. That's October 1st. We um, So it's going to be a great week. We you, You'll be home. Last weekend you spent Saturday night watching Ohio State beat the heck out of Wisconsin. Uh, this week you'll be home in front of the TV monitoring everything. I'll be home monitoring things. We will hop on a Twitter spaces at Sporting News if there's some crazy results, which I anticipate there will be. And so join us for that. If you enjoy this podcast, we will be on there. Just keep your eye on Twitter. Keep your eye on the Sporting News account. And you can hear us riff on whatever developments happen on Saturdays. Our Thursday show, what we do, we preview the week by going through the different viewing windows. We start with Friday night, best Friday night game. Then we'll talk about Saturday noon, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening windows. So there's four windows to talk about. We'll then review our picks from last week. Hint, they weren't great, but we, we had some bad luck mixed in. Our trivia question, and then uh, we'll make our four picks against the spread in our confidence contest, and then I'll give you the trivia answer, which, Bender, you've been on fire with the trivia. This one's gettable, but you'll have tougher. to work for it. You'll have Good. to work for it a little Good. bit. Good. That's what I like to hear. Okay, so Friday night, let's talk about the opening viewing window. It's late. I don't know if you're going to have to, you know, the, the weather might be getting cooler in Columbus. Yeah. You can kind of just get under your blanket, make a little hot hot chocolate. The game doesn't start until 1030 Eastern time, but it's worth watching. Number 15, Washington at UCLA. Both teams undefeated. Washington, two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Rose Bowl. Washington, one of the one of the fun surprise stories of the season so far. Thoughts on, on Michael Penix and then the Huskies' revival? Yeah, UCLA might be the quietest undefeated team in the country. That's um, true. My cousin Dusty went out there this weekend. He, he's a huge 49ers fan, so this is what you do when you're on Facebook. You stalk people. And he was in Colorado, and I was like, why does he have a Colorado Buffalo shirt on? Because he went to the 49ers-Denver game Sunday night, but before him and his wife Sarah went to the UCLA-Colorado game, and they saw a very good UCLA team. So I, I think it's very interesting for Chip Kelly. Because Colorado, Colorado has a way of making teams look very good. Let's, let's, <laughs> <Yeah>. let's start there. <laughs> but I don't know why. I'm going to have to catch up with Dusty when he gets back and ask him why he had a Colorado shirt on. I'm like, what? You know, we, we went to a Catholic school. We remember the clip. You know what I mean? So, uh, um, you know, the phantom clip call. But um, so it's a, a very interesting game, though. Michael Penix definitely – the story here, I want to sit down and watch him play, but I think UCLA is very good. I wonder how many people will actually be at the game. Um, you know, it, it's one of those games, though, for the Pac-12 sake, and, and we talked about this last week, Bill. Every weekend, they have a good game. You know, rather, you got to find it if you don't have a Pac-12 network, but um, we can get into that later. But, um, yeah, I mean, every weekend they've got a good game. And to me, when you have a good game every weekend, you stay in the, pol- uh, the college football playoff conversation. It is interesting to think about the offseason and how the Pac-12, you know, the demise of the Pac-12 when USC and UCLA 
announced that they were going to go to the Big Ten, the funeral march start. The funeral march started for that league. But if you were just a sports fan who didn't hear anything over the summer and you were just watching college football this year, you would think the Pac-12 is as strong as any any conference in the nation right now. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, exciting football games. Oregon State, USC was good. Washington State, Oregon was good. I think Oregon's just, we talked about this also last week. Oregon's a lot better than people think. They're going to judge them off week one where they just got destroyed by Georgia. But that's a team that that showed that week one doesn't always matter. It it does matter. But in the way that it reminds me of USC when they got destroyed by Alabama in the opener uh, when Clay Helton was there. And they turned that into a Rose Bowl appearance. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's fun conference. I, I enjoy staying up late watching the games. I will stay up late. I don't know if it's cold enough for hot chocolate up here yet, but <laughs> I just normally stay in the living room and wait till, you know, my kids and Kimberly will make it as long as she can. And then I'm like, am I staying up or am I going to bed? We'll see. Saturday is going to be a busy one though. It will be a busy one, but I think this one might keep you to the end because I do think it's going to be close for four quarters. Um, let's talk Saturday noon. There's some good ones to start off. We'll focus at first with number seven, Kentucky, at number 14, Ole Miss, ESPN noon game, right after game day. Ole Miss, a six-point home favorite, despite being ranked seven slots behind Kentucky. They are two of the five remaining undefeated SEC teams. Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee are the other. Why do you think Ole Miss is favored? It's almost a touchdown even though they are seven points, oh, sorry, seven spots behind Kentucky in the rankings? Oh, the running game. They can run the football, 280 yards a game. Zach Evans is like one of the – we, you know, you, Zach Al-Khatib, who works with us, did an all-transfer team before the season. Zach Evans, uh, maybe a little bit running better running back than our Zach is, but um, he he's good, um, and that's been a huge difference maker. Kentucky hasn't has struggled running the ball. They may get Chris Rodriguez – junior back for this game they're going to need him because i think they're going to need to run the football successfully to slow down old miss old miss is one of those teams it's it's stunning to me bill that they're not getting more attention than they are considering who their head coach is mm-hmm. and i think part of it is it's because they're doing it in an old school boring way they're just running people over and uh i like the rebels i, I think you know i like them to keep it rolling i mean they just ran over georgia tech I- Kiffin admitted it. He's like, I would have liked to have thrown the ball more, but we were having so much success running the ball. And I don't think he wanted to run up the score and things like that. And they just, that was a couple of weeks ago and they just embarrassed the, the yellow jackets. And now the Grove will be hopping early on Saturday morning with all the tailgates, because this is a, this is a really big sec showdown. And I think you're right. I think Ole Miss is going to be able to run the ball, control the clock, keep Will Levis off the field a little bit. And I mean, a huge test for Kentucky, but I like the Rebels in this game. Uh, Honorable mention at noon, Michigan at Iowa. We go to the Big Ten, the big uh, repeat of the uh, Big Ten championship game from last year. Michigan embarrassed Iowa. Uh, They are a nine and a half point favorite. This is the big Fox noon game. You don't expect another blowout as you did in the title game, do you? No, I expect a fist fight and one that Michigan fans are, if you talk to any of them, they're going to be wary of it because Iowa has won the last four games 
at Kinnick against Michigan. It goes to 16. They, uh, they just found a way. They won a fist fight. And with a young quarterback making his first road start. And one of the things, Jay, you mentioned Michigan yesterday on, po- on the podcast and how they looked human. And part of it is J.J. McCarthy needs to know when a play is over. He has tremendous playmaking ability, but if he does that against this defense, he will make some mistakes that could lead to turnovers. So I think for Michigan, it's about staying on schedule. It does help. It's a noon game. I mean, I I know you saw that stat that the last five times, I think this was from uh, Scott Docterman with The Athletic, that they last five times they played a top five team at Kinnick. They're four and one. And the other one, they got beat at the buzzer by Penn State and Jawan Johnson. So, um and most of those were primetime games, though. This one's a nooner. I think that helps Michigan. I think they find a way to get out of it. They're they're the more talented team, but they're going to have to be careful. I have my eyes on that one. That one definitely will be interesting. Yeah, I think I saw a stat that J.J. McCarthy, I think it was pro football, or, yeah, the pro football focus guys, highest QB rating in a clean pocket this season but the pocket might not be too clean against this Iowa defense. They are amazing, as usual. Two defensive touchdowns last week, two safeties in a, in a game earlier this season. And I don't know if the offense is waking up. I didn't see any of the Rutgers game. They ended up with 27 points, but there were two defensive touchdowns. Um, nine and a half surprised me. I thought it might be a little Whoa. higher. No, I thought I it might be lower. a little higher yeah. just because Iowa – you know, offensively, they still haven't clicked, right? So right. the Michi- you don't want to give the Michigan offense great field position. And, you know, but I was surprised Michigan did not blow Maryland out because it spent the first play of the game was a fumbled kickoff. And then McCarthy threw a touchdown pass in the first play. I'm like, here we go. And then it was a fist fight the rest of the way. Well, a couple things with that that I noticed watching that one before I headed to Ohio Stadium was – one, Maryland's corners ran with Michigan's receivers. They they were, you know, McCarthy missed a couple shots over the top. And two, I think Maryland's pretty good. I, I do. I think their offense isn't bad. They've got some playmakers. Talia can run around the pocket. And and that's why I say this one, if Iowa more conventional offense, Michigan is suited to stop them a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh would be happy to get out of Iowa City with like a 28 to 14 win. But I think if they turn the ball over, there will be anxious moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, the CBS music will be playing for an SEC matchup between now. Alabama and Arkansas. And SEC fans are going to soak it up as much as they can. Alabama, 16 and a half point favorite. We were a two inches on a goalpost from having this be an undefeated top 10 matchup. I'm surprised Arkansas dropped about 10 spots in the poll after losing that game to Texas A&M on a, on a, a kick that hit the upright and obviously that crazy fumble return that Texas A&M heads up play, but not exactly a play you can count on, not exactly a repeatable play for Texas A&M. Um, Arkansas was severely punished in the polls for that loss. Uh, good good game last year in Tuscaloosa. Alabama won 42-35. Bryce Young threw for 559 yards in that game. I didn't realize that. I looked that up. Right. That was pretty crazy. And, and we've talked about Alabama having trouble on the road the last two years. Can can Arkansas bounce back from 
last week's disappointment and be the one to to rise up and and and, and sting Alabama. They better run the ball. That's uh, you can you'll hear me say that all the time. Like I, I'm old school in that thinking that yes, you've got to do other things, but they're going to have to be able to run the football, limit Alabama's possessions, um, because their pass defense is bad. And, and that's something that I think Bryce Young, I don't know if he'll have 559 yards again, but he'll have success because some of those receivers, Treshawn Holden and Ja'Cory Brooks, they've gotten, they, I think they've gained the confidence over the last couple of weeks from those blowouts against UL Monroe and Vanderbilt that they're going to be pretty good on the road in this one. And I know it went shot for shot last year, but a guy that's not on the field this year that was on it last year was Traylon Burks. And he made a difference for Arkansas. So they're going to have to hit on those. Um, looking at the numbers and the breakdown, Bill, I, I can't help but wonder if we're undervaluing Alabama just a touch. I can't – you know I'm saying it like we're assuming, yes, they had penalties. And, yes, they looked bad against Texas. I think we're sitting on the Alabama blowout here. The one really? that really – I think we're sitting on it where we're like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, there they are. There, there's, and I said, I think I said the exact same thing about the Texas game. So if it's a close right. one, I'll just be like, I'm not going to do this again. But I think we're sitting on the. Had Arkansas beat a And M, I'd feel different about it. But I think they're vulnerable, and Alabama can can sense that and goes in and wins the game big. But that's the thing, Arkansas came within this much of beating Texas a And M. And could you imagine? The buildup for this game right. had that field goal bounced in, and Arkansas was in the top ten, and game day probably would have gone there, and right. you know we would all feel like Arkansas had all this momentum and Alabama and straight, and now because a field goal went, you know, six inches right. one way, now we're thinking Alabama's going to blow them out. No way, man. No way. I like the Hogs. I mean, not to not to, I I don't like how Alabama has played on the road. They just haven't shown it, right. and even. Their last road game in last season was Auburn. That was probably one of their worst ones. So it wasn't like they got better through the year last year. And so I don't know why we would expect them to get better through the year this year. And they did not look good against Texas. They, you know, Texas showed themselves this weekend. They're not a top 25 team. And right. they almost beat Alabama. And, you know, I think the Arkansas crowd is going to be wild. They're not going to be worried about the fact that they lost their undefeated season. Sam Pittman has pulled off five upsets since he's been to Arkansas. So uh, I expect a very close game, a very fun game. And I think a lot of people are going to be watching that on CBS. They should be worried that they're 0-15 against Nick Saban since he got (laughs) to Alabama. So, again, I I see your point, though. I mean, if it it develops the way you say, yeah, but I'm just sensing – because their pass defense is bad, I think it just works in Alabama's favor, and they could throw and really knock out here, especially, you know, again, like you said, they're that close to winning, but we'll see. I like Sam Pittman. I like what they've done. I like K.J. Jefferson. Raheem Sanders has to run the football for 150 yards for them to have a chance to win. Right, right. Big 12 title game rematch, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Baylor, one-and-a-half-point favorites again. Favored team is seven slots behind the underdog, according to the AP poll. That's the, that's also in the 330 window and number 22, Wake Forest, at number 23, Florida State. At the time of this recording, the game is still on. Some games have been moved for uh, Hurricane Ian. We will see what happens with that one. Florida State, a six-point favorite 
thoughts on either of those two games? Anything stick out? I mean, chance for Florida State to kind of prove it. You know, good start. We saw them in the opener, and they've continued to build off that. Wake coming off the loss. Um, hasn't won there in a while. That's another one of those hasn't ha- have to prove it in, in Tallahassee. And if weather's a factor, that's not going to be good for Wake Forest with that passing attack. Uh, the Big 12 championship game, wondering, we were talking about this on the podcast yesterday that you can check out at College Football Nation. There's shameless plugging. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma State's really good. And they've sitting on a bye week, and they're the only undefeated team left in the Big 12. So I think the pressure's on them to keep winning. Oh, Kansas is. I'm sorry. I forgot Kansas. They're undefeated as well. And TCU. TCU. Oh, maybe I should have said Oklahoma State is the only Big 12 team that I would think could make the college football playoff. There, I corrected it. Um, so with Spencer Sanders and everything that they've got going there, um, I think that could be a really good game. Yeah, it should be fun. Should be fun. The Saturday night contest, again, another potential weather situation. Uh, number 10, NC State at number five, Clemson, 730, ABC. Clemson by seven. Boy, the Clemson game last week against Wake Forest was the game of the weekend, I thought. There were a lot of good games, but that was that was a terrific one. They pull it out 51-45 and double overtime. You wrote after the game that – DJ Uangalale has proven that he can get Clemson to the playoff. There were questions about him all offseason. He was clutch. He had a clutch throw on a two-point conversion that was gorgeous. Clemson's defense, who we all thought was going to be top five all season, definitely showed some holes. NC State beat them last year. What do you see in this game? Well, I mean, the, the home win streak, 36 in a row. Mm-hmm. Haven't lost to NC State in 20 years at home. NC State, this is their time if they're going to do it. Last year, the a huge reason why they won the game is when they controlled time of possession. Last year in that game, NC State had the ball for 41 minutes and 18 seconds. They didn't really run for a bunch of yards. They just ran and controlled the clock. And, they, you know, Devin Leary had four touchdown passes. He didn't make mistakes. So it'll be a little bit different formula that uh, the Wolfpack has. That, that they would use from last year, especially if weather's a factor, like you mentioned. I mean, Clemson with DJU, it was all about being awesome on third down. You know, over 200 yards on third down, clutch throws in both overtimes. If they get a little Will Shipley running game behind that, I think it's going to be a close game. I could see Clemson covering. I don't, it's just so hard to say because with that weather coming in, I need to, I almost need to see what it is is it just rain is it ridiculous wind are they playing in a flood um how does that impact throwing the football but I, I i like clemson at home and they've got 36 straight times to prove it i mean devin leary has not played great this season i mean i don't know if that's a dirty secret or you're not supposed to say it or whatever i watched him a little bit against east carolina in the opener and he made some nfl throws but since then i mean they played two semi-quality opponents east carolina and texas tech and he's averaging 166 yards passing a game he only has one touchdown in those two games one interception in those two games he beat up on two lesser teams to bump his numbers up a little bit but he's ninth in the acc in passer rating right now even with those two easy games so he needs to do what sam hartman did hartman threw for a bunch of yards 350 roughly against Clemson and he drew which is might be even more important he drew five pass interference penalties right 
The Clemson yeah. DBs did not look good. They are vulnerable. If Leary has a great game, Clemson's vulnerable on defense. If he can get a little bit of protection, you know, Clemson's D-line is still good, but their secondary struggled big time against Wake Forest. But uh, and I'm not seeing it so far out of Leary this year. Yeah, and that's fair. And, well, the other thing, NC State's going to have to win with their defense. They surprisingly have a top-10 defense that doesn't get talked about much because when we talk about the Wolf Pack, it starts with Devin Leary and Dave Doran and everything else. But they, they do have a nasty defense. They're going to have to win with that. I think uh, you know a game like this, turnovers will be huge for both Leary, like you said. He's had a couple picks, and DJU, who, you know, in last year's game, this was the game where people kind of – they, I don't want to say exposed, but they really picked him apart after this one because he struggled mightily against that NC State defense. So looking forward to it. Always like seeing Dabo in primetime. You know he'll be ramped up. You know they'll be ramped up no matter what the weather is. Um, and Like I said, I kind of like the Tigers in this one. And if they win this one, as it was in our Sporting News Bull projections this week, you'll start to see people kind of realize that, yeah, they've got the easiest path to the playoff now. Yeah, you Angelale, he's fun to watch. He just he's almost oblivious to the pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. There you got he it. He just sits back in the pocket. He's huge and he doesn't see these guys coming, but half the time they're too small to bring him down anyway. And that right. two-point conversion wasn't was an example of that. He got hit, like just stayed up, kept looking downfield, made a great pass. Uh so his pocket awareness isn't great, but it doesn't seem to hurt them. It's it's fun to watch. I'm I'm looking forward to that one on Saturday night. All right, let's review our picks in our confidence contest. Bill, confidence contest is uh, Bill and I pick four games a week against the spread, any four that we want, and we order them like a bowl of confidence pool: four points, three points, two points, one point. Last week we both went just one and three, but I hit my two pointer. When Wazoo had uh, the getting six and a half against Oregon, they had a backdoor touchdown with one second remaining to get the backdoor cover. Uh, and that was the only one I got right. Now, you got uh, – I missed Clemson by half a point and Kansas by one and a half points. So close, but no cigar. You hit your one-pointer with TCU covering easily – not easily, but they covered against SMU. And then you were on the other side <laughs> – Rough. of the Oregon backdoor cover that was that was a crazy fourth quarter I mean that was just back and forth and back and forth exciting and and you know let's not forget about Washington State too we talked about how good the Pac-12 was earlier Washington State's another team to to, to kind of have kind of have an eye on they're a fun team to watch and they showed it last week so the season scoreboard Bender 20 points Trochi 10 points so I am 10 back, about to make up more ground. I'm going to claim victory last week, two points to one, so uh, I will go first. But first, I'm going to ask you our trivia question, the Trochi trivia question. You've been getting them each week. See what I can do this week. There are three players tied for the lead, Power 5 quarterbacks, with 16 touchdown passes this season. Can you name them? Don't answer. Wait to the end. Can you name the three quarterbacks that lead the nation in touchdown passes? Do I get like like half two third credit? No, you get no credit. It's okay. all or nothing, Bill. It's all wins right. or losses. It's the way this works. No okay. participation trophies. Time for the picks. All right, my four pointer. Where am I going with this? Where am I going? I know where I'm going. I'm going with one of the teams that you like, 
out in the mountains. One of your faves. Who's that? Colorado? No, not Colorado. Air Force Falcons. Air Air Force. Force. There we go. Air Force, three and one. Three and one against the spread this year. They are a 14-point home favorite against Navy. Ooh, I'm going with four home. I'm going with four home teams this year, this week. See what happens. Gets to October, maybe it's a little bit chillier. That you got to really want to be at home. People are a little tired after a month going on the road. I don't know. I'm going with four home, four home teams this week. Air Force, they're three and uh, three and zero oh at home against the spread. They slipped up at Wyoming earlier, but you know they look like a double double digit win team. We've talked about that. Navy's one and two. They beat East Carolina in double overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I looked this up the last six times the Air Force has been favored against Navy. In other words, you know, Navy had their run, but when the Air Force is better, Air Force usually covers right. the spread. They've covered five out of those six times where they were the, the favorite entering the game. So uh, that's my four pointer. I'm taking the Falcons plus or sorry, minus 14. Yeah, I'm going Washington. The, the two and a half or, or three, you can make it three if you want. I, I've seen it at both. Um, I like the Huskies in that game. I think they're – and the reason why I think they're a little more efficient in their running game, a little more efficient with Penix at quarterback, and they'll be able to hit. And I like – you're like, well, they're on the road at UCLA. Are they really? Are they, is there anybody going to be there? Or is this just there's, like a – There's some they're fierce, on the, fierce yeah. empty seats at the Rose Bowl that are tough to play in front yeah, of. Yeah, they're, they're, they may have more Washington fans at that game than UCLA fans. So I like the Huskies. I think they uh, pull out that one and keep their – Really impressive season going. If they can get to five and zero, oh, that's uh, quite the uh, start for Kellen DeBoer there. Yeah, no doubt. Whoever comes out of that one is going to be five and zero, oh, and that's going to be uh, they, they'll start to get on the national radar a little even more than they are. Three pointer for me. You're going to like another one here. Ready? Mm. Rock chalk Jayhawk Bill. There you go. <laughs> it's football season in Lawrence. I, I left it off because I didn't want to get my little <laughs> grudge on the Jayhawks here. But are they dog? Three plus, and a half. Plus three and a half at home against Iowa State. You know what Kansas's record is, Bill? They're four and oh this year. I don't know if you'd I've heard. heard. I've heard Kansas, that. Kansas is undefeated. They sold out against Duke. They'll likely sell out again against Iowa State. Who's coming off a loss to Baylor, but seriously, quarterback Jalen Daniels, he's been terrific. He's averaging 223 yards passing a game, 80 yards rushing a game. He's accounted for 15 touchdowns, and Kansas has scored a minimum of 35 points every game, and we already talked about their schedule. It's pretty good. So getting three and a half at home, I'm rocking with the Jayhawks. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State, That's that'll be a good one. Kansas will be ranked if they win. They'll mm-hmm. be ranked like 23. So, I mean, up and down. Yeah, who knew that we would be that glued to perennial powers, Iowa State and Kansas on Saturday. Um, my three is a funeral game. LSU minus Uh-oh. nine at Jordan-Hare. Ooh. Brian Harson and Auburn are. Now, you go back all the way back to 16. This was the game that got Les Miles fired. Mm. They lose to Auburn 18 to 13. There was some poor management in the game, and Les Miles was gone the next day. Um now I think it's LSU's turn to return the favor. Um, and I think Brian Kelly, they've kind of gone under the radar. They're playing pretty well since that first – I mean, they're, they're literally a play away from maybe being undefeated, right? Yeah. They, so I think people have cooled off on their Brian Kelly Twitter takes, which are always 
riveting. So I, I like Brian Kelly and the Tigers to go in there and win big at Jordan Hare. It's risky because it's a road game, but I just think they're the better team. And I think this is the the tipping point, the breaking point. And then Sunday or Monday, I might be writing a list of Auburn replacement candidates. You probably start that list ahead of time. If yeah, you want. you're probably going to make me do that, aren't you? <laughs> so let's I'll get on that this week. All right, two pointer. I'm going with the team that Brian Kelly just beat two weeks ago, Mississippi State, minus three and a half at home against Texas A&M. Uh, A&M coming off two narrow and emotional wins against Miami and Arkansas, the latter of which we talked about somewhat lucky given the Arkansas field goal attempt hit the uh, the upright and the, that crazy game-changing fumble re- re- return for a touchdown. So Mississippi State, they're 3-1, and one, road loss to LSU. They've got a very athletic defense, and it's going to be too much for a struggling Texas A&M offense. They just lost their top wide receiver, Anaya Smith, to, to a broken leg, and that's not going to help. I think Mississippi State's got too many dudes on defense, and it finally catches up to Texas A&M. They've somehow won two weeks in a row without scoring much on offense. I don't think they can do it three weeks in a row. Two points, Mississippi State minus three and a half. I think I took A&M in our picks. But, I look, I'm not going to put up a fight because of everything you just said. I'm like, yeah, if Mississippi State wins that game by 10, I wouldn't be surprised because of the lack of offense that the Aggies have. I went mm-hmm. my two, and this is a this is maybe a, a pick made based on the past, but I got the Spartans covering the seven and a half against Maryland. And I know they just got destroyed by Minnesota. And I'm wondering, and I'm curious, like if they get beat by seven and a half or 14 points by Maryland, a team they haven't lost to since 2016, how much of that is going to fall on Mel Tucker? This is a game that Mark, and and I'm going to say in the past, Mark D'Antonio wins this game when he was at Michigan State. They would lose to somebody like Minnesota or Purdue or whoever, Ohio State, they turn around and win the next week because they had that. So maybe not at the end, but – you know, this is a big game for the Spartans. They've got to get that running game going. They've got to stop turning the football over. I think they've got better talent than Maryland, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, in any case, I think the Terps could win the game, but I think Sparty's good for a seven and a half point with that hook. I agree. I think that's a really good pick. I regret not picking it. That's. I think Michigan State's due for a bounce back. I don't think they're as bad as they've looked. If they lose, then we're talking about them being one of the biggest disappointments this season, given what you saw at the Peach Bowl last year, what we expected out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that'll be quite the hole for them to dig out of. Right. No, that's a good pick. One-pointer, I'm going with North Carolina at home, minus nine against Virginia Tech. Uh, North Carolina's offense are averaging over 500 yards a game with Drake May at the controls. Virginia Tech is averaging just 20 points per game and committed 15 penalties in a 20-point loss to West Virginia last week. The Hokies just haven't regained regained their traction in the past few years. I don't think they'll be able to keep up with North Carolina's offense. I see a double-digit win coming off the Notre Dame loss. Uh, North Carolina's defense, not great, but I don't think Virginia Tech is in position to take advantage. Give me the heels minus nine. Good pick because I think they they could just keep scoring. Their defense is not good, but, you know, uh, that's a a good pick. I I was looking at that one, and then I ended up taking 
Texas Tech plus seven and a half against Kansas State coming off their big win. Um, back and forth, both teams coming off. <laughs> the, right. They beat right. Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, that's right. Said, Red River Junior here. Get, keep running. <laughs> that's a good. They should make those T-shirts, Bill. <laughs> um, you know that. Go send those. They sent those schools to the SEC and take that. But uh, <laughs> um, up and down game. I could see this one getting wild. I anytime I see Texas Tech is like a below a ten point dog, I'm going to take them because I know they're going to score points. But I say that in that they looked really bad against NC State, then they looked really good against Texas. So against Big 12 teams, I'm going to take the seven and a hook and uh, go with the Red Raiders. So I've got some dogs. I've got some faves. I've got, I think you did all home teams. I'm pretty sure I did all road teams, but which is always risky, but that's why we have fun. Did uh, do you see Texas uh, McGuire's, Joey McGuire's postgame? speech after the texas very one. briefly i saw like it on the tv and then i think i just kept i was walking out of the press box when they were doing it was it awesome no in inside the locker room it was put out by texas tech he's just going wild yelling at his team telling him everything lo- runs through lubbock and this isn't the end we're just one to know that's oh, it was wow. just another game and all this stuff he was it was great you got to go find it i will it was motivating it was inspiring and it's it's cool because you know he's first year coach first real chance on the big stage and he's been in texas forever a texas high school coach and it's you know to beat texas must have been so meaningful to him oh, and sure. and they did it in dramatic fashion they went in overtime and so it was it was really exciting it's a fun clip fun clip to look at all right uh let's review i've got air force minus 14 kansas plus three mississippi state minus three and north carolina minus nine you've got washington on friday night minus three lsu minus nine Mississippi State, no, sorry, Michigan State, seven and a half, getting seven and a half against Maryland, and Texas Tech getting seven and a half against Kansas State. Trivia time. Are you ready to give me your answer? There's three players with 16 touchdown passes leading the nation so far as we enter week five. Who are those three power five quarterbacks? I've got two. I think Drake May is one. Drake May is one. Uh, CJ Stroud is two. CJ Stroud is two. Then it's I, last week. If it's the same guy, it's, is it the James Madison quarterback or not? It's three power five quarterbacks. Oh, it's a power five quarterback. So the third one would be. Oh, give me one second. I, Cause I had the James Madison quarterback is my answer. Mm, oh, I don't, I don't know the third one. Who's the third one. It's, it's all or nothing, Bill. You got to at least throw a name out for me. I it's would all or nothing. throw. <laughs> can I get a hint? Can I get a hint since I get all the other ones right? Um, who scored a bunch of points last week? Because I, I had it kind of. It's it's not the Syracuse quarterback. Who, Sam Hartman. He missed a game, so it's not him. That'll be my guess. Will Rogers. There you go. That makes air, sense. Air raid, baby. Yeah, I couldn't give you a hint because that would. Then I'd get it. Away. Then I would have got. I was trying to think. I should have. Sam Hartman missed a game. He's probably up around 12. Um, but, yeah, Drake May and C.J. Stroud, I knew those two. So, I get, like, didn't get it right. But you want two-thirds credit? Will Rogers has – how many interceptions does Rogers have? I uh, did not check. Probably not many. That's I know C.J. threw his first pick last week, and it was funny. That was one story from the press box. They – Ryan Day and C.J. spent – they took turns blaming themselves for the interception. Like Brian Dake blamed himself for calling the play with 40 seconds left in the half. And CJ blamed himself for uh, 
throw in the pass, but when you're when you're working with that offense, you can make a mistake or two. It's probably going to be okay. No question about it. So, anyway, good luck to everyone who's in this hurricane path. We hope everything goes well. Of course, we will see what how that plays out on the action this weekend. Uh, Bill, thank you for giving them more time for, to the podcast, and we will join people on Saturday on uh, Twitter Spaces and the Sporting News Channel. Potentially, we're not sure when. We'll just uh, see how the action plays out. But we will see everyone here at CFB Nation All-America Podcast, win, lose, or draw next week on Wednesday. And we'll look back. And then Thursday, we'll look ahead to the next week. So thanks for listening, everybody.